Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20, racing near sideline 10, turn of the 5, touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. I wanted to point out an event that Raiders linebacker Denzel Perryman has going on this afternoon. Matter of fact, in about half an hour, 7550 South Las Vegas Boulevard, Raising Cane's little food drive, and he's going to be out there. They're collecting all kinds of foods, canned pasta, shelf-stable chocolate milk, individual box cereal, breakfast cereal bars, fruit pouches, instant oatmeal, ramen, fruit snacks, crackers. Raising Cane's and Denzel Perryman, they're proud to partner together to support the Serving Our Kids Foundation mission to feed Southern Nevada's homeless, at-risk, and food-insecure children who would otherwise go hungry when not in school. And this is something that Denzel's really dedicated himself to uh, the whole time he's been in Las Vegas. I remember around Thanksgiving time, he was out there handing out turkeys. So a really cool event. So any Raider Nation riding around Las Vegas and uh, you have an opportunity to go by and take some uh, food items over to Raising Cane's again, 7550 South Las Vegas Boulevard. They're going to be there from 330 to 530 collecting canned goods and just different food items and like i said denzel perriman's gonna be there so definitely go check that out as we kick off hour number two of the show we have matt holder our good friend from silver and black pride uh bleacher report does a little nfl draft does a little bit of everything he's in town right now for the shrine bowl and matt thanks so much for your time this afternoon i do appreciate you and i know you've been covering the shrine bowl practices like a glove we'll get to that in a hot minute what'd you think about the news man sean payton is now the denver broncos head football coach I tell you, what, thank you. Appreciate you guys having me on as always. But uh, I know I'm, I'm a little worried about it, man. Sean Payton's been a good coach in the past. Um, you know, I think he might be able to fix Russell Wilson. And uh, I don't know, the AFC West definitely got tougher. So it's going to be it's going to be a battle, man. The draft will be important. Got to reach out on that talent. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that he's going to do a lot of good with Russell Wilson. I know they don't have a lot of draft capital to work with. They had to give up draft capital. I know they don't have a lot of draft capital to work with because what they gave up for Russell Wilson, but <laughs> it's still, it's a hell of a head coach. I think he's going to do a good job. And to me, Matt, it just seems like the AFC West is just really becoming a gauntlet. We expected that last year. Uh, it didn't really shake out that way, but I really feel like this division is getting tougher and tougher and tougher. Yeah, no, I 100 percent agree with you. You know, like one of the, I think one of the biggest problems uh, the Broncos had last year was their head coach with Nathaniel uh, Hackett may not being ready for the job, and uh, I do think they have a good roster. So, like you said, man, it's going to be a gauntlet again, like it is always. You know, obviously the Chiefs are still going to be the Chiefs, and uh, maybe they're going to have to find a way to compete. Yeah, absolutely. Got to keep up with the Joneses. Matt Holder is our guest from Silver and Black Pride here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. And as I mentioned, you're here for the Shrine Bowl. Uh, we'll be out for media day tomorrow. We'll be at the game on Thursday. We'll be doing the show actually live from Allegiant Stadium. So when you're out there at practices, and I know that today was at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center inside, so a nice little setting there. What are you paying attention to? Like, What are you really looking for? What's standing out to you the most over the past few days? I think one of the biggest things is just seeing how guys practice. You know, uh, obviously we watch the game tape and everyone can turn it on for the game, but who's really able to get up for practices and who's really, you know, excited to play football and can come in and come in and do it out every single day. And also, too, take the coaching, too, because uh, some of these NFL coaches, they're not going to hold back, you know, if, they, you know, if you're not up to their standards. And can they take that? Can they take that in stride and use the lessons and, you know, then go ahead and apply them into the, the drills, too. So I, I feel like that's one of the, the biggest things that we can get uh, from these type of events where it's, 
you know, watching film, I can I can always watch and see a guy who's uh, who can get up for game day, but who can uh, who really loves football, who really wants to be here every single day and get better every day. You know, and the Patriots and the Falcons, those coaching staffs were out representing for the East and the West. And, you know, it's funny going into the Shrine Bowl practices, you know, everything was, oh, Bill Belichick's going to just kind of sit back and watch, be an observer, and Arthur Smith is going to be an observer. From everything I've seen and heard, they've been pretty hands-on. How have those guys been working with the players? I'll tell you what, you know, I think uh, the expectation was that Belichick was going to be hands-off, but about five minutes into practice, maybe, maybe a little bit longer than that, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit. He's over there coaching up the defensive linemen, uh, coaching up the edge rushers, and, you know, um, talking with them with their technique. I think earlier today we were watching, he, he was literally in the huddle uh, listening to the play call, hearing the quarterbacks make the call, coaching guys up too. So there's definitely with that guy, there's not a whole lot of an off button. Where if he's out on the football field, he's out there coaching for sure. That was definitely one of the biggest takeaways, one of the, the funniest things that happened throughout the week. Yeah, I saw him coaching it up in jeans. You know, <laughs> he was out there yeah, exactly, with exactly. <laughs> he was out there with his yeah. jeans, looking comfortable out there coaching. Matt Holder's our guest here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Has there is there been a position group that you identified that you think you know what that's a really talented group right there? Yeah, I think one of the things, uh, especially you know, looking at from the Raiders' perspective, there's a there's a got bunch of defensive tackles. Um, a lot of them. A little bit undersized, uh, you know, a lot of them topping out at 6'2". Some bigger guys out there, too. But one guy that, like, really stood out to me was the uh, Kobe Turner from Lake Forest in Richmond a little bit. Got a cool story where he's an FCS walk-on and then ended up, um, you know, obviously working his way to, to Lake Forest and being in a position to be drafted, which is, I think, a pretty good, good story. And, uh, you know, easy guy to talk to, well-spoken uh, and all that. And, uh, you know, this week I thought he had a really good week. Um, definitely an up-and-down player, a guy that I like to comp to uh, a Larry Ojanobi who played for the Steelers this past year, mm. played for Bengals, and, uh, and the Browns just, you know, he'll have plays where he's, you know, beating a guy off a line of screen, getting tracks, and then turning around the next play, and it's not quite as pretty, but, again, I think if he can get con- consistent with it, and, uh, you know, he can be a really good player and uh, that develops in the NFL. You know, like I was just talking about, one of the guys that, um, definitely one of the guys that took the coaching well, you know, there were a few reps where, you know, he'd get beat and he'd, uh, you know, go seek out coach and go ask the coaches what he can do better. And I think that was kind of rare. It was one of those guys that you could tell really wants it and really is driven and uh, um, has, the, has the right mentality to get the, get the job done. One of the guys I wanted to ask you about, Jack Coletto out of Oregon State. He's a guy who I kind of say is a, a jack-of-all-trades. No play off his name, but he's a jack-of-all-trades. Offense, defense, just about anywhere you line him up, he could play. And my understanding was he went to the Shrine Bowl thinking he was going to play offense but got flipped to the defensive side of things. I don't know if you had a chance to see the young man out of Oregon State, but if you have, what have you seen from him? Yeah, so I actually got a chance to talk with his agent, Steve Carrick, who's a big tight end agent out here in Vegas. And um, for what uh, Steve told me, a lot of teams are kind of viewing him more as that fullback hybrid type of player that we see that's become, become pretty dominant in the NFL. You know, think of Kyle Jusek in the world, not to say that he's going to come in and be that kind of type of player right away. But definitely a guy that I think, you know, is ultimately just a football player, like you said. I mean, he played, he came into Arizona, or Oregon State, excuse me, as a, as a quarterback and ended up uh, – you know, like you said, playing linebacker, playing fullback, playing tight end, and even a short yardage quarterback, um, and you know, a lot of those goal line situations. So he's a guy that I'm, you know, I'm right there looking to. Uh, a guy that at the end of the day, you know, best way to describe him, he's just a football player. There's going to be a coach, there's going to be a scouting staff that just falls in love with that guy and um, really uh, ends up taking him and, um, you know, I think getting a good, good player and good guy that's going to contribute on special teams too. Um, also. Carrick had told me that he's been working with uh, Logan Paulson out here in Vegas a little bit too. He's a, a well-known tight end trainer, so working on those receiving skills. And a couple of nice grabs in the two periods uh, during practice too, so definitely guys getting better, and like you said, man, 
you just gotta you just gotta get him on the team and figure it out later. Right, absolutely. Again, Matt Holder is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. He's here in Las Vegas for the Shrine Bowl, been at the practices each and every day. We'll be at the game on Thursday and a whole lot more. And so, uh, Matt, there's a couple other guys that I wanted to ask you about. Uh, Travius Hodgeson, uh, T- Hodges Tomlinson is a guy that I, I used to watch and cover when he was in high school, saw him go to TCU, play in the national championship game. He's a smaller guy. like he, he doesn't have a lot of size, but, man, he's got a lot of heart. He plays real big. Have you been able to see the young man from TCU? If so, what do you think about him? Yeah, I've seen a little bit. You know, definitely his size stands out. I think he measured him uh, a little bit or well under 5'8", so he's definitely going to have to come uh, overcome that. But, yeah, definitely a guy that's got, got a lot of athleticism to his game, good family genes with uh, LT being his uncle, and um, definitely a feisty guy that can you know, come in and mix it up. Uh, you know, during the practice this week, can't say he popped off too much. And I think he might have gotten injured. I'm not 100% sure on that. Mm. But definitely a guy that, you know, I'm right there with you if you're looking in the mid-range for – a guy that can maybe play a little bit of nickel and, and uh, maybe even mix in a little bit of safety too uh, down the line that I think can be a, a good athlete for the Raiders and definitely fill some needs. Yeah, no, he, he's got to find the right fit, right? I mean, and again, he's he's a smaller dude, but he, he does play really big. Sticking with the quarterbacks, how about Nehemiah Shelton? Uh, he, he's a guy out of San Jose State, and uh, he's got some length. He's an absolute opposite of uh, of Hodges uh, Tomlinson. I mean, he's he's got some length to him, and everything I've heard about him, is uh, it's been pretty good review so far on Shelton. Yeah, no, another guy, like you said, you know, perfect length for a corner, fits, passes the eye test. Um, again, I, I unfortunately didn't get too much of a chance to see him this week, but uh, yeah, definitely a guy that I'm on, I'm on board with too, man. He's definitely a, a guy that's um, a California kid that uh, I think could fit in well with the Raiders. Is there anyone who stood out to you in a major way, like someone that you maybe not went there with the expectations to pay attention to, but every time you look, it's like, you haven't looked down at that number. Yep, that's that guy. He's popping off again. Yeah, that was going to be Yasir Abdullah for me from uh, Louisville, edge rusher. He was a guy that I wasn't uh, too high on, didn't check a lot of boxes size-wise, but was just constantly winning in one-on-one pass rush. I think there was the other day I watched him the other day, and he had two sacks just in the team period. And to kind of give you an indication, you know, the team period is about 20 plays, 20, 25 plays. You got to think half of those are runs. So two sacks and about 12 attempts is a pretty good day for you. And, you know, he was just crushing guys all week, really quick off the ball, had some good inside counters too. So he's definitely the guy that I was not expecting to be uh, to walk away um, impressed with, but definitely going to have to go back and grind some tape and, uh, and see what he can do. As we close this out, I wanted to ask about DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson uh, from, uh, from UCLA, the quarterback. Uh, he actually has Las Vegas roots here. Uh, what do you think about him? I heard this is supposed to be a big week for him. Yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely one of the better quarterbacks here. Um, you know, I, think he's a, I think he can be a good pro. For him, I feel like the, the biggest thing is he's got to be in the right scheme. I don't know if he's a guy that you really want to be uh, you know, dropping back and doing the pocket pass with the whole West Coast offense, that kind of stuff all the time. You want to be able to use his legs. You know, I think of, uh, I think a great scheme for him would be with the Ravens over there in Baltimore, obviously. Mm. Similar offense that they kind of run with Lamar Jackson. I feel like that could be a really good fit for him. But yeah, definitely a guy that was one of the better, um, one of the bigger standouts at the quarterback uh, position over here. And I think a guy that's got a bright future for him, so. I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, I am too. I'm excited to see what he can do, and, and I'm sure that he's going to have plenty of different showcases, and, of course, his pro day uh, will help him as well in the draft process. Well, Matt, fantastic stuff. Uh, what do you got coming out on Silver and Black Pride? You're going to have uh, this whole Shrine Bowl kind of updated on there, or what, 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 we, what should we be looking out for? Yeah, I'm going to have to get a few interviews with you guys, got some one-on-ones, got to ask them some questions, a few very specific, and uh, you know, really got to know, know a lot of these guys. So I'm going to have some uh, – bunch of interviews that will be dropping in the next week or so um, over up on the site. And uh, so 
yeah, definitely keeping an eye out for that and you know, get to know some of these guys beyond what they are on, on tape is uh, it's definitely, I think, a cool thing that Raider fans can check out. There you go. We'll definitely be paying attention. It's a big offseason. It's a big draft coming up for the Silver and Black, so we definitely have to pay attention. Well, Matt, thanks for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate you. Get back to the Shrine Bowl activities, and uh, we'll catch you out a little bit later this evening. We'll do. Thank you. All right, brother, there he goes. Matt Holder, Silver and Black Pride, Bleacher Report, at mholder95 on Twitter. Uh, lots of draft stuff, really deep diving into the NFL draft and uh, here for the Shrine Bowl. And, of course, the Senior Bowl is going on in Mobile, Alabama, and uh, we'll be catching up with guys out there in Mobile later on this week for sure because there's plenty of activity. So uh, definitely want to keep up with everything going on. And, you know, <laughs> you know, there in Mobile, there's, uh, that's where the GMs, that's where decision makers are. So there's a lot of conversations going on out there as well. So maybe there could be some player movement around the league start generated there in Mobile, Alabama. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick at uh, 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy Ray right here in Vegas. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What up, Q? What up, Don? Hey. Hey, I think I think Sean Payton was a good hire for him. But look, we shouldn't be looking behind at the Broncos. We should be looking at the Chiefs. That's what we that's what we need to be practical for. We just need to do our thing and, and and try to be at the top and not worry about what they're doing in the bottom. Now he's a good coach, but we have a good coach supposedly. That's why I'm waiting to see. Mm-hmm. This is his time. And you know how I feel about Patrick Graham. I was looking at his stats. <laughs> he had three horrible years in New York. Well, they're in the bottom 25, and then they get, they're number four in points allowed, and then he has a bad year, and we get him. So this is his time. I think he has the best player in football, and Max Crosby. We just need Chandler Jones is coming on. We need – I want to get Jalen Carter somehow. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I don't think the quarterback is in this draft. Maybe, maybe if Josh Daniels doesn't do it, we get Caleb Williams or somebody next year, but uh, – Let's just, you know, not worry about what the Broncos are doing and let's concentrate on what the Raiders are doing. All right. Sounds good, Ray. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you, my man. Don't worry about the Broncos. Worry about the Raiders and the Chiefs, and there you go. I'm not mad at that. That's what the front office has got to do. They've got to build a roster so they can compete with everyone in the AFC West. Uh, Hell of a division. I think the division just got a lot tougher today. That's just me. David, right here in Vegas. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. I, I think Peyton was a great hire for them. It's not so great for us. But we're going to see what we're, what our coaches and our, our new regime is made out of. They've made some poor decisions when it comes to evaluating talent. They gave Carr a contract, but then they didn't think he was good enough to keep. Shouldn't have given him the contract. They didn't sign Josh Jacobs, and now they're going to pay more to, for Josh Jacobs. You know what I think we should do? I think if you look at all the quarterbacks that are out there, if you take Aaron Rodgers off the table and, and you, you look at everybody else, Derek Carr is the best free agent. We need to keep him. We just need to keep him and then draft somebody. We need to build this team. Sean Payton's going to go there and fix Russell Wilson. We had a better team than the Broncos. But Russell Wilson didn't play as good as Derek Carr did. So I don't understand what everyone's saying. They're going to have to show this year. If they don't show this year, have to pony up some money, pay them off, and try to find a better coach. I don't know what to do, but right now I'm just not feeling that great about it. There you go. I understand. Good call. I appreciate you. And I understand, uh, you know, the, the concern. And I think that there should be concern. And when you go, you know, 6-11, and 11, there's going to be questions. And you go into the offseason and feel like, all right, this is the offseason. You can turn things around. And then all of a sudden, the, the one team that you dominated, 
all of a sudden gets better. And again, there's plenty of holes that they still got to fill. So, you know, just like like Ray was saying that, you know, don't have to worry about Denver uh, right now. Just worry about improving on, on the Raiders and worry about the really good teams in the AFC West. I get that. Uh, but, you know, they, they, they're going to get better. And this division is going to get tougher. And the question is, is the Raiders going to be able to complete and, and build that roster as well at the same time, right? I mean, that's, that's the question. Are they going to be able to continue to build that roster so they can legit run with every team in the AFC West? And then if they are, great. Then you got teams that are going to be real good teams in the AFC in general that you got to compete with. And we just saw a guy in Joe Burrow. Josh Allen and the Bills obviously fell a little bit short. Lamar Jackson, I'm assuming, is going to be back in Baltimore. I don't know what's going on in Miami with Tua. I don't know who's going to be the quarterback there, if Tua's going to return at some point or not. But there's a lot of, I want to say, the arms race going on right now in the AFC in general. Let's take one more call. Raider Convert, Henderson, welcome out to the show. What's on your mind? To my man. Hey, look, it's real simple to analyze the Raiders this year. And, and I'm a I'm a big proponent of uh, that great prophet Deep Throat. Follow the mo- follow the money, man. Look, McDaniel's and Ziegler came in; their hands were tied. They have fifty million dollars in dead cap charges. Five zero. The salary cap was like two hundred, and they had to carry uh, Cleveland Farrell in his ten million if they cut him. That would have been dead money. So that was just a body they kept, uh, so they had another body on the roster. So they were playing with their hands tied to the tune of $60 million. All right? Ziegler is a numbers guy. He's going to dial it in. Look at the car contract. They extended him for all that money, but he, and they're going to get rid of him after one year, and his cap charge next year is only going to be like 4 or $5 million. So give a, the bottom line is, there's a salary cap in the NFL. You only have so much money to go around to build your roster. Mayock and Gruden were awful, awful at giving out contracts. And, and McDaniels and Ziegler had to clean it up this year, and they'll be good to go next year. All right, good stuff. Thank you for the call. Appreciate you. And if you're wondering about that salary, we did find out the salary cap, $224.8 million per team. We found that out yesterday. So uh, the Raiders are supposed to be around $50-something million in, in free cap space when they make the decision on Derek Carr, whatever that case may be. And Derek Carr, who made the Pro Bowl, uh, as of earlier today, they announced that he will be going to his fourth Pro Bowl. And, of course, that's at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, a couple more texts, and then we'll take a quick break. Uh, this one comes from the Five and Dime. For giving, uh, thanks for giving us this platform. That being said, Raiders got to get a quarterback. Still think the D.C. decision was a mistake, but I hope they get Richardson at quarterback and aren't scared of their past drafting of Tebow. Richardson has crazy measurables to work with in a quarterback-friendly league. And it's funny. Thank you for that text. I do appreciate you. Before any of this Sean Payton stuff ever happened, the plan was to talk about those quarterbacks that are going to be drafted in the first round. We were going to break down uh, Bryce Young. We were going to break down C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, or other, right? I mean, that was really what the options were going to be uh, on guys. And if you believe that they are uh, future quarterbacks and franchise quarterbacks in the NFL, as a matter of fact, Nick Roush from Kentucky Sports Radio, he'll actually join us in a few minutes to talk all things Will Levis. But we had everything lined up that way. And then all of a sudden, the football guy said, no. No, not today, bro. That's not going to happen today. We're going to make a sharp left turn. And so we made that sharp left turn once the announcement of Sean Payton heading to the Denver Broncos was uh, was announced. So there's that. But thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. And we will 
get into that uh, that conversation when it comes to all things uh, quarterbacks and, and what's the smart decision, what's the franchise guy, is, some, is there a guy that you can win with right now, is there a guy that's going to take some development, whatever the case is going to be, we'll definitely get into that at some point. We might even get into it in the third hour of the show uh, if we have time. So we'll see how that all shakes out. Sir Whiskey Ray, hit us up and say, Q, it's no secret that Coach Payton is well-established with the Super Bowl victory and over 100 regular season wins. However, my biggest pet peeve with him is that he quit, walked away from the Saints organization after they were skin deep in the salary cap hell. The bounty gate was also not a good look, and he knowingly knew about it. Head coaches are supposed to be leaders, not allowing something like bounty gate happen. I'm all for winning, but winning with integrity. Just my two cents on this topic. Way to hold it down on today's show with DeMond as well. As we know, he's on vacation with Kayla, Sir Whiskey Ray. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate you. And DeMond's holding it down on ESPN Las Vegas with Cofield and company. He had to fill in for Ari, who's out today. So uh, we got a lot of moving parts here as we prepare for our trip to Arizona for Super Bowl 57. We'll be on Radio Row all week. We continue to get more requests and requests and requests for interviews. So, man, we're going to do it so big this year, way bigger than we did it last year. So we're excited about that. Me and DeMond will be taking off on Sunday the 5th, and we'll be down there all the way to the 10th. Jared will join us as well. We'll have JT will be there. Cofield will be there. I mean, we've got a lot of a lot of things and a lot of folks lined up to be there having a good time and uh, really working our backsides off. And we're going to bring you a very, very good product. So we definitely appreciate that. And the whole Bounty Gate thing with Sean Payton, I mean, that was Greg Williams as well, right? I mean, so there's, there's a, you know, that's always going to be a, a black eye on his resume. Uh, but there's plenty of coaches that have those black eyes on their resume. Uh, Denver went out and got the best coach that they felt like they could get. You know, and again, there's multiple reports that he wasn't their first choice. They were knee deep in D'Amico Ryan's. They wanted to get him. They talked to Jim Harbaugh. Ultimately, they end up with Sean Payton, which I think is a good fit, especially with Russell Wilson. So we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, I, I just, I, I just think that the division in general has gotten a whole lot better. Uh, let's see, we got one more. Uh, we already got to that one. Hold on. <laughs> I got a couple more. All day Raider A said, Q, the only thing left to do is mortgage what you have to go get Rodgers or go all in on a long shot on Lamar Jackson if you really want to keep up with the rest of the AFC as a whole. I personally would have to stay the course and fix the defense as much as possible, get that veteran quarterback and try to find the next franchise quarterback in the draft, set him up for success by having a good team on both sides of the ball for that young man. That's all day Raider A. Thank you so much for that text. Do appreciate you. 324 is the time. Take a quick break. Come back. Nick Roush, Kentucky Sports Radio, will join us. We'll talk about one of those young men in the upcoming draft. That's Will Levis. What he thinks uh, about him on the next level. We'll do it next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Efforting Nick Roush, Kentucky Sports Radio. I think he said call back again. <laughs> or he's calling us. One of the two. I think we hit the wrong button, but I, I believe he's hitting us up right now. He'll join us to talk all things Will Levis and what he sees from him as a franchise quarterback potentially on the Knicks level and uh, excited about that conversation. We've really been deep diving into the draft and not necessarily mock drafts, but we've been deep diving into individual players, programs, position groups, all that good stuff. So joining us now on the phone lines from the Kentucky Sports Radio Group is Nick Roush. And Nick, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate you. And uh, when I hit you up earlier today, you told me I was the first person to reach out and ask for an interview about Will Levis. How did that happen? Oh, man, you're the first in the sweepstakes. I think there's still, like, uh, the playoffs are going on, so we aren't, like, a lot of people aren't fully in the NFL draft prep mode, but the senior bowl's happening this week, so I, th- I think you're, it's going to pick up, but uh, Q, you did it, you did it, congratulations, I know it's going to be a, it's going to be a crazy one for me, because 
Will Levis is going to be just draw all of the hot takes this draft season. Yeah, no, there's a lot of takes, and they're they're very extreme, right? One extreme to the other, and we're here in Vegas, and of course we all know that the Raiders need a quarterback. So a lot of conversation. This is the first time in a long time we've talked about the Raiders needing a quarterback now that Derek Carr won't be the starting guy in 2023. So Will Levis is coming off a season where he wasn't fantastic. It wasn't as good as the last year. What what did you see from Will? Where were the struggles coming from? Was that him? Was that the team? Was that the coaching staff? Where where did you see the biggest struggles? Well, uh, one thing about Will Levis is he's never had an ideal scenario around him, and I think he did six seasons, I want to say, between Penn State and UK, and mm-hmm. he had a different offensive coordinator every year. Uh, and if you were watching the Niners when they had their backup quarterbacks in or Mike McDaniel uh, – Kentucky hired a 49ers guy this year, Rich Gangarello, and they had trouble getting play calls in. You know, there was, yeah. there was a lot of um, kind of overcomplicated stuff that didn't directly translate to the college system. Um, and I think if you, if, if my biggest criticism, the one thing, even as a Kentucky homer, I will say about Will, his biggest weakness is he has a slower processor. Just going from read to read, he's a little bit slower than most. Uh, that's probably what's going to get picked apart the most. And when you were in the system that he was in this year and he didn't have time to throw because he had a rebuilt offensive line, um, he struggled. He struggled. Uh, he got injured, and it, it was not what he was looking forward, uh, the season he was looking to have. Uh, but I, there, there's still a lot of reasons to, to like Will Levis as a prospect. You know, a lot of folks are talking about in the first round, they're talking about Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. Those are really the top four right there. In your mind, from what you've seen, is he a guy that you think could be a franchise quarterback in the NFL? Well, I, there's certainly like pros and cons to each one. Mm-hmm. Levis, if you were going to compare him to Richardson, right, like Levis has at least done it in games. I don't even know how many times Richardson could even – you could even hold those games up and say, look what he did. But Levis has had some moments. It took him a while his first year as a starter. But that last six, seven-game stretch he had was the most consistent football he's played. He has the stature, what you want. He's not afraid to take a hit, right? Like, he can get hit. He has the durability. He only missed one game despite being sacked more than any other quarterback in Power 5 football. I think only two teams gave up more sacks than Kentucky this year. Mm. The offensive line was just uh, a complete train wreck compared to the year before. So I think he has the like the upside is there for a reason, right? Big mm. arm. Uh, for Will, it's all about consistency, and and that's where the Josh Allen comps come in because kind of like Josh Allen, they're both big guys, big arms, can make plays with their legs. Um, you know, Will's jumped over dudes. He's ran over guys. Like, he's a big – like, the, the intangibles are there as well to be a franchise quarterback. For him, it's all just about consistency, and he has not had that once in his career. If he can find a stable situation, uh, a quality quarterback coach, and get some time – like, I, I think he can do great at the NFL. Talking right now with Nick Roush, Kentucky Sports Radio here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920, talking all things Will Levis. And one thing I did learn about him is that it seems like he's a really good leader of men. Like, guys want to go and play and follow him and, and believe in him as their leader. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it was one of those when you bring in a transfer quarterback, typically they try to bring him in right now where they can have all spring practice there to develop a relationship. Uh, Levis was finishing up. He's a finance major at Penn State. 
not exactly an easy degree to get. Right. He finished up and graduated in May, showed up in June, and there was very much a, you've got to go out there and earn it, Will. And he put in the work, and people just gravitated towards him. Um, and in this new era of name, image, and likeness, he was one of the first athletes on Kentucky's campus to get the bright lights. Um, but I think before he did anything, he made sure his offensive line got steak dinners every Sunday night. So, like, mm. there certainly is that 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 tangible leadership quality, um, and that's why I really uh, Liam Cohen, who's back at Kentucky after being the Rams' offense coordinator for a season, he's like he's going to just keep improving because of how well he'll perform in these interviews. Just the way he talks, the way he speaks, um, his knowledge of the game, and his ability to not only talk to talk, but like if he's going to jump your ass for not being in the weight room, it's not because he's not in the weight room either. He's in there mm-hmm. grinding every single day, and I, I think teams are really going to like that about him. What would you say is his biggest skill set? I know I know a lot of the ceilings for him, the comps are, are Josh Allen, as you mentioned. What would you say right now is his biggest skill set that he could bring to a team? It's, it's really making those uh, – oh, man, I – I don't, I don't know if off-platform is the right way. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the routine, just like the off-routine stuff, like, oh, crap, something's breaking down. <laughs> he has enough arm power to be able to fit the ball in a tight window while under pressure. Um, there was a couple times where even his feet would get off and, and he would have to try to make a play. He could still find a way to quickly wind up and get that thing out there. Um, he, his arm streak is through the roof. Um, and, and his ability to just get the ball off is great. He can also, you know, kind of change the arm angles if need be. Uh, he, he's got a howitzer on him. The key is just putting a scope on it because um, uh, another weakness of his, too, just throwing the ball to the flats, right, putting a little touch on the ball sometimes. It, he, he, sometimes he has, he has trouble taking a little bit off of his throws. Okay, well, there you go. There you go. I mean, there's there's things that every quarterback is going to have to work on on the next level. There's no doubt. Nobody is a finished product. So is he a guy that you, you look at and say, you know what, if he has maybe a year or two to sit behind an established veteran, that'll do him some good? Yeah, and, and, and the other thing, too, is as long as he gets um, a little bit of time, and I, I mean, not, not necessarily time to, to learn NFL stuff, because I, I think if he – depending on who picks him, right? Like if he goes to one of the any dozens of guys in the McVay tree, a lot of that stuff he'll already know. I, if he has the, the offensive line in front of him in a decent supporting cast, like like for your specific example, Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, like I, I don't care. Like There's a lot of guys that can step in and be successful right away. Uh, and while you might be dealing with a little bit more turnovers uh, with him as he kind of, uh, get through those growing pains, he's going to make a ton of plays for you. And if all hell breaks loose, he can still make plays with his legs as well. So uh, in, now in the new era, I, I don't think it's as necessary as it used to be to, to force a quarterback to sit behind another guy for a year or two. Nick Roush is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So you mentioned those legs and athleticism. I really feel like, Nick, you've got to be a guy willing to take off. Now I'm not saying you have to be a, a guy that wants to run around the yard and get the you know most yards and from scrimmage like that. I mean, you want to protect yourself. But it sounds like, and from what I've seen, he's, he's very willing to take off, but he's kind of smart about it. Like he's not just going to take off immediately. He's going to wait till everything breaks down. Well, in, in, in the thing that I think also struggled, he struggled with this year, um, you know, the, these, 
these pro guys, when they come down to the college level, they're not used to running as much quarterback run stuff. And there was an active emphasis to, like, put the, the shackles on him. When really, like, he probably does better if he gets hit once or twice early mm. on in the game. So implementing some quarterback run, just to sprinkle it in. You know, he doesn't have to be Jalen Hurts or right. Josh Allen. But there does, like, that, that element, I think if you don't use that, then you're really just putting yourself at a disadvantage because that, that having just a little bit of quarterback design run in there puts the defense on their heels just a little bit. And those kind of plays, it freezes up linebackers just long enough to where, you know, that can set up a, a drag across the middle of the field that's a, the, a first down or down the road. Yeah, no, I mean, using your legs is important, right? If you can do it, do it. And, and if he actually thrives kind of doing that as well, again, similar to Josh Allen, and that's the that's the comp that I keep on hearing. So let me ask, if he doesn't reach the Josh Allen ceiling, which that's, I mean, the guy was the guy who was supposed to be the MVP this year heading into the year. So that's a high comparison. Uh, where would you say that you would think maybe his, his floor is as far as who he'd be in the league or, or what kind of quarterback he'd be in the league? The The – Really, what it uh, a lot of it comes down to, I think, for for me, is just the turnovers. And um, you know, I, I don't think you're going to see problems like you did with Zach Wilson mm-hmm. uh, per se, um, where it's like, uh, okay, not only is he turning it over, but he's a turd in the locker room. If he becomes a problem, <laughs> it's kind of a a Darnold situation where the turnovers get in his way, and then he just it it becomes a mental block. Uh, I feel like that's the biggest problem for. Younger, more inexperienced guys. He's only been a two-year starter, um, so it's not like some of the other ones that have been kind of in that, like Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, who've right. been playing in these big-time games for years and years and years. Uh, so, and of course, I named two Jets quarterbacks because that's the easiest <laughs> point. To. But like, there is certainly a higher boomer bust potential with Levis, just because the consistency has been the one thing that he's really struggled with in his career. Um, I, I, I'm not going to put it all on him because he hasn't had the ideal uh, surroundings around him. But when he did actually have that that offensive line in front of him and just one good receiver in Wondell Robinson, who was a rookie with the Giants this year, uh, he, he he did very well, exceeded expectations, was the best Kentucky quarterback in a decade. Um, and I, And I really think that, that there's a ton of untapped potential still in his game. Talking right now with Nick Roush, Kentucky Sports Radio here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. We'll close things out with this. I know he's super athletic. When he goes to the combine, I'm expecting him to show out and do a really good job. How much do you think he could really boost his draft with draft stock when he goes to the combine and even the pro day? I'm, I'm worried that we're not going to get the full well of his experience. Because here's the thing. I know this dude can go out there and rep the bench like 26 times. I want to see it, though. I don't, I don't want him to do the whole, like, oh, I'm protecting my stock. But I'm worried that he won't because he, he actually did have a senior bowl invite. Ended up turning it down because mm-hmm. of the, the way that they're already looking at him. Um, but I do know for a fact that, that, that the pro day at UK is, is going to be unlike anything we've ever seen in Lexington. So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm – I'm looking forward to just the buzz around it, but if there's one thing, like he he could do some stuff where you're like, oh, this is the best quarterback that's tested in this since X, Y, and Z, because he he has that sort of athletic juice in him. Uh, dude's ripped, yeah. <laughs> right? Like he he he's he's one of those guys. He doesn't do it all the time, but I could see him becoming the the shirtless selfie dude on Instagram. <laughs> you know, like because uh, I mean the dude's yoked. So right. uh, 
if he does end up doing all the tests, it's going to be there's going to produce some eye popping numbers and headlines. Well, he he apparently eats bananas with the uh, with the peel on him. <laughs> like he's going through the bananas and eating the the brown and uh, I saw that uh that was uh, where was that featured on some video and they were saying oh yeah he <laughs> he TikToked it before he even started UK and that is he, he's never gonna live it down I don't think he realized the beast he created <laughs> <laughs> that's funny well before we let you go we did get a question uh, on our text line our don'tbebroke.com text line and said uh, what about the comps that Will Levis is being compared more to Carson Wentz than Josh Allen are you hearing that or are you seeing any of that. Um, I can see, and that, that's kind of what I brought up earlier too, where like Carson Wentz, like there's no denying how great he was in that year where he was on track to, he was an MVP front runner. Yeah. Um, and then the injuries happened. He got hit a lot. Um, and at least in Levis's case, like when he took the sacks, you know, some of those were on him, but the way Carson Wentz like gets sacked, like he, I, I feel like at least. Levis knows when to take a dive and when not to, but like that, that's also like I, to your texter's point, it's it's not unfair because that that's kind of the four that you see with him where the turnovers start adding up. Um, it cost Kentucky a game at Ole Miss this year. They had multiple chances to go out and win the game. Uh, he got stripped. It was on on a third and one run. Helmet got on a ball, it's a fumble, uh, and then. They made a huge play, get down to the ten yard line. He snaps the ball too quick out of tempo uh, on a you know a go ahead touchdown pass that gets wiped off the board for uh, you know illegal formation. Not everybody was set. Next play, strip sack. So like that, we've seen it. We've seen that for at Kentucky, and I think the key is he, he's at least shown that he's mentally tough. Um, but you know it's a very small sample size. So getting him in an ideal. Uh, setting where he can have some time and some room to grow will be key for him to develop. There you go. Great insight right there. Nick Roush, Kentucky Sports Radio, uh, talking all things Will Levitt's here with us on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So what do you got coming out, Nick? What should we be on the lookout for? I know Kentucky is getting ready, bringing their players in, getting ready for another football season. Of course, College Hoops is going on as well. Oh, yeah. Cats play tonight at 9. Uh, nice. 9 Eastern, I should say. Uh, Ole Miss, but uh, there's there's Tons of stuff um, all the time, recruiting season. If you all like Kentucky, KentuckySportsRadio.com. Any of those Raiders fans out there that are just interested, we got tons and tons of content at all times. Uh, come check us out. No doubt. We'll definitely do that. Nick, thanks so much, my man. I appreciate you this afternoon, and uh, we'll be talking soon. Definitely appreciate it. All right, thanks, man. Happy draft season. All right, thanks. There he goes, Nick Roush, Kentucky Sports Radio. And uh, there you go. He gave you the, the real. Didn't, uh, didn't fluff it up for you. Talked about Will Levis. You know, give us your thoughts. Give me your thoughts when you hear what he had to say about him. It's a guy who covered him like a glove. Saw the good, saw the bad, knows the potential. What are your thoughts? 702-365-9200. Of course, the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. We might go ahead and jump into that, that quarterback conversation when we start the third hour of the show because uh, so, this is this is got the juices going now. So definitely let us know. Again, 69187, keyword R&R, 702-365-9200. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Coming up at 4 o'clock, we'll do a different style of cover three. What we'll do is we'll talk all things quarterbacks, at least those first-round quarterbacks, potential franchise quarterbacks. We just talked to Nick Roush, Kentucky Sports Radio, talked all things Will Levitz. I've had a lot of people hit me up and say Will Levitz is the guy. I'll tell you right now, from what I heard from Nick, I wasn't that impressed. I really wasn't. I've seen him a little bit. I haven't deep dove into Will Levitz. I haven't 
focus a lot on Kentucky football. I always focus in on Alabama football, you know, USC, uh, UCLA, just, you know, Baylor. I always always focus in on the Big 12. Kentucky, I don't really focus in on a lot. So that's that's my fault. But I was going to do some deep diving, and I definitely wanted to hear from you on those quarterbacks. But I'll tell you right now, from what Nick had to say about Will Levis, I wasn't real impressed. I didn't think that that was, that was a guy that I, I felt confident was going to be, oh, man, that's going to be the starting quarterback for the silver and black for the next 10 years regardless if he were to start this year or, or wait a year. He, he definitely, to me, doesn't sound like a guy that could start day one. <laughs> That's the first thing I'll put out there. He'll go, in, he'll go in, 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 in round one, but he don't sound like a guy that could start day one to me. I'll throw that out there. But I do want to hear from you, and uh, there's a few sound bites that I want you to hear to kick off the 4 o'clock hour. We'll do that from Jason Fitz, who was actually on the morning tailgate this morning with, uh, with Clay Baker and Heidi Fang and, and Vinny Bonsignor. So you'll hear that coming up at 4 o'clock. We'll talk about what Fitz had to say, and you'll get and we'll get your feedback on Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and also also Anthony Richardson. So that's one thing. But just based off of what Nick had to say, if you heard that interview that we did with him uh, just a few minutes ago, then uh, I would love to get your your feedback at uh, 702-365-9200. Also, the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. said, you're only as good as your weakest link. And if his downside, talking about Will Levis, is he can't protect the rock in pressure situations? That's a hard no pass for me. We've already had decades of that. Let's not try that again. So Geese Mode is basically saying no, no, and no more if he's going to be a guy who uh, who turns the rock over, and especially in high-pressure situations. And that was one of the things that stood out to me as well, was the high-pressure situations and all of a sudden – you know, him him turning the ball over or else not even being able to process quickly. That's the other thing. You've got to be able to process. And we all know Josh McDaniel's system is not the easiest to understand. It's not the easiest scheme to pick up. So that's a, that's the reason why I think he wouldn't be ready day one. So to me, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really a big fan of Will Levis, but I know there are plenty out there that think that he could be the guy. So I want you to hear from Jason Fitz on, on all the guys, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson, at the top of the hour, uh, still want to hear from you. Uh, plenty of feedback, and, and you can hit us up about anything. You can talk about the quarterbacks that we'll be talking about. You can talk about Sean Payton to, to Denver, what that means for the silver and black. Uh, to me, uh, it's pretty interesting, right? There's a, today, today's just been a very interesting day from the news that we got earlier in the, in the morning about Derek Carr going to the Pro Bowl, being selected to his fourth Pro Bowl. Uh, Tyler Huntley, I, I hate that the, it feels like the Pro Bowl's been watered down as well. Tyler Huntley is a pro bowler, and he played, like, what, five games for the, the Baltimore Ravens? And I don't want to take anything away from Tyler Huntley. I like him. I think he's a quality backup. But there's never been a time where I thought that a quality backup should be in the Pro Bowl, right? I never, ever have thought that. And so it feels like that the Pro Bowl is just getting watered down and the, and the honor doesn't really mean as much as it did. And I'm not trying to take anything away from D.C., so please don't think that I'm trying to discredit what he got. I just don't like the fact that it seems like – they're just looking for guys now. I mean, Tyler Huntley, come on. He's a, he's a backup. That's like if Jarrett Stidham made the, made the Pro Bowl based off a couple starts, right? I mean, that's just it, – it just seems like the body of work should be a lot bigger, that it should be a, a, a much bigger uh, award going to the Pro Bowl. Like, it's a big deal. I mean, they have incentives in their contracts based off of making it to the Pro Bowl. And, and when a guy like Tyler Huntley makes it, again, no disrespect, great accomplishment, but 
It just seems like it's a little bit watered down. But D.C. is definitely going to his fourth Pro Bowl. We'll see how that all shakes out. Of course, that's taking place this upcoming weekend at Allegiant Stadium. Got the Shrine Bowl taking place at Allegiant Stadium on Thursday. Uh, got Pro Bowl practice that we'll go and, and, and talk to some of the players on Saturday. Uh, there's a lot going on in the next few days. And then on Sunday, we all hop in the car and we head to Phoenix, Arizona for the Super Bowl and Radio Row all week long. So excited about that as well. But love to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Burke, calling from the Lone Star State, Texas. Welcome to the show, Burke. Hey, man. Um, I'm a huge Penn State fan, a Raider fan first, but a huge Penn State fan. I've been watching, you know, for the, from McSorley to Sean Clifford and Levitz. Uh, I don't. I mean, this guy wasn't able to crack the starting job. You know, McSorley was like a little uh, superhero, and Clifford would come in at the end of games and throw touchdowns. And then when Clifford took over, Levitz, he couldn't crack the starting job, you know. So when he bailed and he transferred, you know, goes to a smaller program, gets the starting job. Like, that that's cool. But Sean Clifford is like uh, – Gardner Minshew, you know, at best, or maybe mm. you know, I see a lot of Derek Carr in him, so I don't think he's going to scratch the draft, but he was a great leader, so, I, I you know, please not Will Levitz. <laughs> Anything but please, Will Levitz. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, good stuff, Burke. Thank you for the call. Appreciate you. I like the insight as well, right? Didn't I mean, you just you just don't know. You know, you, you just don't know. So uh, he's a guy that he's – if he goes to the combine and wows everyone – uh, he's going to get a lot of attention. If he shows out of his pro day like I expect him to do, he's going to get a lot of attention. But if it's just not there, you know, he can he can look like Tarzan and play like Jane. That's not going to do the Raiders any good or any other team that selects him. So thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate your mailman. Raiders said, Q, I'm a gambling man. I'm down to put my chips in on Levitz. But if black don't hit, I'm going to need to hit up 188-GAMBLER because we can't take any more misses in the first round. That's right. That's That's what I've been trying to say for the longest. You can get that guy. In the top 10. Maybe if one falls to you at number seven, you can get that guy. If you feel the need and you just can't help yourself and you have to trade up, no matter how much draft capital you get, you got to hit on that guy, right? You cannot afford to pick a quarterback in the top 10 and not hit. You really can't afford to miss on that pick, period. But if you're going to miss, I'd rather than miss on a player that just it didn't pan out the way it was supposed to instead of being the franchise quarterback and they think that that's the direction that they're going to go in when you have all the arms that you have in the AFC in general. Mahomes, Herbert, Lamar, uh, Tua, if Tua's going to be the guy, Allen, Burrow, whatever. the I mean, there's, there's quarterbacks on quarterbacks on top of quarterbacks. Can you hang with those guys is the question that we have. So coming up in hour number three, as we kick it off, we're going to have cover three, but we're going to have a different style of cover three. You'll hear from Jason Fitz what he had to say on the morning tailgate this morning with Clay, Vinny, and Heidi on the quarterback situation. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson. We'll get all that in, plus we'll hear from you. But before we do that, I've been holding on to this. I want to get you in to win right now. I want to send you to this Pro Bowl party, this Hall of Fame party hosted by JT. He's going to be there. Warren Moon's going to be there. Charles Woods is going to be there. Shannon Sharp and a list of NFL player after NFL player after NFL player all going to be in the building. We're going to get you in to win that opportunity. We're going to hook you up with some Raider Nation Radio 920 swag, and that'll get you in to win the grand prize. Uh, you got to get dressed up. You got to look good for this event. You just can't walk in like you're some bum off the street, right? You got to look good. You're, you're bumping elbows with Hall of Famers. You want to be there. You want to get in to win. Hit us up right now. Call at number 9, 702-365-9200. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.